Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Aguiar, and my hope is to show you how to have a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that the salvation is through Christ alone by the free gift of God's grace. As we come into the holiday season from now through Christmas, I'll be covering the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ in anticipation of Jesus's imminent return. I pray that as you hear this message, it will encourage you to read the Bible for yourself. Seek the truth. Ask God to open your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. The episode will begin after a short message. How to Find Hope in the Promise from God The Gospel of Luke is one of the synoptic Gospels, as it is a written account of the life of Jesus. Luke was a Greek physician and a friend of Paul's. He also wrote the book of Acts, which we'll cover after this. What I like about Luke is that he was a historian, an investigative reporter of the first century. Being a history buff myself, I appreciate his accuracy in placing the events, as we will see, in known historic times. As Paul told us in the book of Romans, Jesus came to save the Jew first, then the Gentiles. The Gospel of Luke tells the story of Jesus trying to reach the Jews in Israel, and the book of Acts tells us how the Gospel, the good news, is rejected by the Jews, and then God instructs the apostles to spread it beyond Israel to the rest of the world. Luke is the only one to tell the whole Christmas story of Jesus' birth in detail, as we will see. The first chapter is the announcement that God will soon be with us. Let us dig in in. First, we have an introduction. We read, many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They use the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write an accurate account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. Who was Theophilus? Most likely he was a Roman official. So we have a Gentile writing to a Gentile. I love how he says that we can be certain of the truth. We more investigative reporters like Luke focus on the truth. Continuing next we meet John the Baptist's, his, uh, John the Baptist's parents. Note also that Luke tells us exactly when the story occurs, when Herod was king of Judea. There was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. 
Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Fear not. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice in his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to their Lord God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. These last two verses were kind of John the Baptist's job description. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I am an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Notice it's God's timing. Promises happen, are fulfilled in God's timing. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Now, stop and think here. Which other older woman in the Bible also had a child in her old age? Sarah, Abraham's wife in Genesis. Nothing is impossible with God. The birth of Jesus foretold. Verse 26. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David, his royal line. We'll get to that in a minute. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. Fear not. The angel told her, For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High, the Lord God. will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. 
The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshower you. So the baby will, that, to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Now that verse there in verse 37 is also translated from the Greek as, for nothing is impossible with God. That's, that's what we have to remember. Nothing is impossible with God. We have to trust God. So Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So I've explained before in other blog articles and podcasts that Mary, yes, Mary was blessed, but she was just a vessel, nothing more. We have four characters here, Gabriel, God's messenger angel, Zechariah, the priest, Elizabeth, his wife, and Mary, Elizabeth's cousin. Gabriel has to tell both Zechariah and Mary not to be afraid of him. Zechariah's unbelief caused him to be made dumb or silenced. Mary, on the other hand, had a reaction of humility, as did Elizabeth. Let's see what happens when Mary goes to visit her cousin. So Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. And Mary responds with what's called the Mag Magnificat, or Mary's song of praise. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to, and remembered to be merciful. For he has made his promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. Mary was a humble servant. She would never want to be worshipped or raised above Jesus. The birth of John the Baptist. Verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zechariah after his father, but Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. What? They exclaimed. There is no one in your family by that name. 
So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. You know, Zechariah wasn't deaf. He was just dumb silenced. He couldn't hear. <laughs> he motioned for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote, His name is John. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. All fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, What will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. So Zechariah now has a prophecy. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Now pay attention because this is, gonna this is describing exactly who Jesus is and what's going to happen and why he came. Verse 68, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant, David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore on an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear, in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins because of God's tender mercy. The morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. John grew up and became strong in spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel, which we will read about shortly. King Jesus. So we're told here that Jesus is from the royal line of King David. He came to establish a government, not a religion. There hadn't been anyone in the throne of David for centuries. King Herod wasn't even a Jew. He was appointed by Rome to serve as king to appease the Jewish leaders. Jesus is also our savior. John the Baptist was to prepare the way for him. And if you read the Gospel of John, the first chapter, you'll see how Jesus is described as a light shining in a world of darkness. Seeking the light. If you click on over to my blog towards the bottom, you'll see a picture of a plant that sits next to my desk in front of a window. Notice, and you'll notice how the leaves are facing the window and it's naturally seeking the light. I have to turn it every so often so it will grow fuller and not lean in one direction. We are like this plant. We seek the light in this dark world. We seek it in entertainment, relationships with people, food, drink, drugs, excitement, fun, religion, you name it. Jesus is our light, the only light we need. Seek the light. The message is so simple. Salvation through the forgiveness of sins, light taking away the darkness of death by God's tender mercy, and the light sending us to a path of peace. So if you're looking for enlightenment, you've come to the right place, Jesus Christ. If you're feeling hopeless, your hope is with Jesus. Our hope 
is his salvation. Our hope is his light. Our hope is God's mercy. Our hope is his peace. If you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation and receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way, non-stop ticket to heaven and that you won't be left behind at the rapture, this is what you have to do. Invite Jesus into your heart. If you don't know how to do that, don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says, how to invite Jesus into your heart. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.